Hi, and welcome to the Horizon Church podcast. Horizon Church is a Christ-centred, Word-based and Spirit-led church. We are so happy to bring this week's message to you. And on behalf of our pastors, Brad and Ali Bonhomme and the Horizon Church team, we pray it's a blessing to you. Growing up, I've got to tell you a little bit about my story because, you know, we're really just getting to know each other. Uh, Growing up, I didn't grow up in a Christian home. My mum and I was a single parent, only child. It was just mum and I. Mum did a fantastic job in raising me. But as a boy and, and as, as we weren't Christians or anything, we just kind of, you know, I would grow up on the Central Coast and we're just getting to know life and the world and my identity and my purpose. And so naturally, we, we, we look to things to try to form who we are and what we do. And I love sport. And so... So I got into sport in all kinds of sports. I feel like I had sport on every single day. And when I was sport was doing well, I was doing well. And, and then I go into other things. I remember there were so many things that I used to do that I look back on. And you probably can probably think of things that you did that you look back and you go, why? Why did I do that? I remember being eight years old and get this. There's a guy, I don't know if you remember him. He's a singer. His name's Peter Andre. Now, Peter Andre, I found out at eight years old that Peter Andre did 500 sit-ups a day. So I'm thinking, righto, Peter Andre, six-pack, that's what the world values, that's what I'm going to try to do. One, two, three. (laughs) Eight years old, I'm so young. (laughs) Then I get a bit older, Craig David, Hits the scene and he's got two earrings and diamonds in each ear. So what do I do? I go get my ears pierced. <laughs> cubic, fake diamonds, cubic zirconians in both ears. Did you do that, Carl? No, you almost. The pressure of wanting to be accepted, to be valued, to, to be loved. It's true. Nelly comes out, puts a Band-Aid on his face. I didn't do that. <laughs> I saw other people do it, but geez, the things we do to be to fit in, to be valued, to be accepted. Uh, my whole world, my whole my whole life was shaped around trying to fit in, trying to be cool, trying to get massive. My um, I wasn't gonna say, my my year twelve uh, goals, you know, in the yearbook and stuff was like. I was probably 80 kilos. My goals were to hit 100 kilos. Now I'm, my goal is to get under 100 kilos. <laughs> it's true. <sighs> Fitting in the value system of the world, it's just unending. And then you get older and you get into, you know, the partying scene and you're just trying to fit in more and it doesn't work. It just runs out. It's just, just continuous and... Um, doesn't, doesn't do anything, kind of short satisfactions, but it doesn't work. So then around 17, I get invited to church and, and I, I have an, this encounter with, with Jesus. I have this encounter with God. And uh, Wow, so thankful my mum got saved. She got, there was a great story of her getting uh, invited to church and she invited me and I thought, oh, well, well, this, 
partying stuff's not working, so I may as well try church out. Anyway, I meet God and I have this huge encounter and a number of encounters and a number of times with God and I couldn't deny and I couldn't, I couldn't say, oh, that wasn't real. It was just real and it was, it was real. It was realer than anything I ever knew and it gave me peace and love and joy and acceptance and value and everything that I was looking for. And so now I'm stuck. I'm like my whole life, my value system, what I, like my friendships and, and, and their value system is over here. And over here, I've, I've met God and He's asking me a totally to, 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 to die to that and to start living for Him. I was stuck. I didn't know what to do. I was like 17. I didn't know what to do. So to be honest, for about a year and a half, I, I lived in both worlds. I was partying on Saturday nights and I was rocking up to church on Sunday mornings. You know, the amazing thing is that God had grace for me and forgiveness for me. More times than I could ever count. It's amazing. He just walked with me. God walked with me and walked with me through those years. I got to a point where I was like, man, I'm sick of this. I'm sick of being lukewarm. I'm sick of being torn like this. I'm like, man, not this, not that. I'm just like, I'm had enough. So I, so I, so I, so I, so I, a bit of a logical thinker, I went to the drawing board and I went, okay, well, can't deny that happened. Can't deny that God moment happened. Can't deny God didn't answer that prayer. I was like, it's real. This is, this is real. So if I'm going to make a decision on that way or that way, then I'm going to choose God because I know I've had a deep revelation and encounter with God. So I asked my pastor at the time, can we get baptised? And so I got baptised and the next day I was on a flight down to join the Royal Australian Navy. That's my story. Uh, I think I tell you because I want to highlight the tension between uh, what the world values, dying to yourself, picking up your cross and following what God values. Who do you say I am? In this Scripture, we have so many things going on and I don't have enough time to talk about one thing, so I'm going to talk about all of them and go back through the story and have a bit of fun with it and tie it all together. We have identity, purpose, cost, a revelation and confirmation. I want to ask this question as we go through these things, that what are you struggling with? Are you struggling with your identity? Are you struggling with your purpose, your calling? Uh, Are you struggling to take that step to follow Jesus? Or are you looking for that God revelation? Let's get into it. All right, so Jesus and his disciples. We're going back to we're going back to the story, the the scripture, uh, Romans. Uh, sorry, Romans. Mark eight twenty seven. So Jesus and his disciples. They're walking along. They're just departing Galilee. They're on their way. Can you go there? So, so the big challenge for us in the 21st century is to take our 21st century minds off and go into the story. At this moment, they, they don't know what's happening with Jesus. They don't know what the end result is. I guess on this side we do. Um, so 
Jesus comes up to, the, to them and Jesus is like, okay guys, uh, I'm gonna do a survey. Who do people say that I am? And Jesus got his clipboard out and some of them are like, some say you're John the Baptist. And then they look at each other and they're like, that's a bit weird because John the Baptist baptised Jesus. So how does that work? They're obviously silly. Some say prophets. Some say others. They're like, oh, I believe, yes, I believe Jesus exists. And another one's like, I'm making this up. I, I don't know, I think he was just a good guy with beautiful wavy blonde hair and blue eyes and he was, he was great at tricking people. Other one says, I, uh, Jesus was just a myth. Another one says, Jesus was just a good man, nothing more. You know, people will always have an opinion about Jesus. Yeah. In your workplace, in your school, in your, in your university, in your family, the world will always have an opinion about Jesus. But he asks you. I love what C.S. Lewis says about Jesus in his book, Mere Christianity. He says this, he says, I am trying here to prevent anyone saying the really foolish thing that people often say about him. I'm ready to accept Jesus as a great moral teacher, but I don't accept his claim to be God. That is the one thing we must not say. A man who was a, merely a man and said the sort of things Jesus would not be a great, te- great moral teacher, he would be either a lunatic or a liar. Yeah, sorry. He would either be a lunatic on the level of the man who says he's a, a poached egg or else he would be the devil of hell. You must make your choice. Either this man was and is the son of God or else a madman or something worse. You can shut him up for a fool. You can spit at him and kill him as a demon or you can fall at his feet and call him Lord and God. But let us not come to any come with any patronising nonsense about his being a great human teacher. He has not left, left us, he has not left that open to us and he did not intend to. We all have a name. Jesus has a name. You have a name. I have a name. I've got a name. I've got a full name, Tavita. It's like, a, I feel like I'm in trouble. When, when someone says my full name. Ter, I love my name Ter. Uh, that's just the one I prefer. I've got a takeaway name. Has anyone got a, anyone got a takeaway name? Yes? I'd love to hear one. Is anyone, anyone willing to share their takeaway name? Meg. Meg. Good. Last week, I was at the gym with Carl and we were out the front. Have, we, we, oh yeah, we go to the gym. Sorry, I just slipped that in. Um, we're at the gym. After the gym, we went for a coffee and he looks at my cup and he goes, he goes, he goes who's David? I said, oh, it's my takeaway name. <laughs> he goes, oh yeah, my friend's got a takeaway. So takeaway names are awesome. You don't have to spell them. You don't have to say them twice. They just get it straight away. Problem is, when you give your takeaway name and then you, you know, when you're waiting for a coffee and you kind of start daydreaming. <laughs> and then the poor coffee lady's like, 
David! David, your coffee! Coffee's ready, David! And you're sitting there thinking, geez, David better get his coffee. <laughs> David, three quarter, skim flat white, please, David. You're like, oh, that's me. Oh. <laughs> We've all got a name. Jesus has a name. Who do you, yeah. In the story, Jesus is hearing, you know, all these opinions about what the world thinks he is. And then he turns to you and he says, but what about you? Who do you say I am? That's the question that matters. And I just think it's, it's a pivoting question. It's, given, it's, it's changed all of our lives. Our confession who do you say I am? Peter gets it right. 10 out of 10, Peter. And although his confession was correct, his idea of what Messiahship would look like was off. We don't necessarily pick that up. After this, <laughs> Jesus shocks him and he predicts his death for the first time. Imagine the being the, the, you're with Jesus, He's taught things, He's done mighty deeds. You've confessed Him as the Lord and then He's like, all right, guys. Well, the plan is, as a Messiah, is I'm gonna have to go and fall into the hands of the priests, the Sadducees, the Pharisees, senior pastors, pastors, welcome team. They're gonna kill me. And then in three days, I'm gonna rise again. Peter, he reacts. Naturally, I would react. I'd be like, no, that's not what the Messiah is meant to do. He goes, he looks at, the, he's, he looks at his friends and his disciples, looks at Jesus, looks back at the, he's like, Jesus, come over here. You've got it wrong. Sorry, Jesus. Um, uh, uh, that, that's not what the Messiah is meant to happen. And Jesus, what does He do? Rebukes Him. And He goes, <laughs> He says something real hectic. Get away from me, Satan, or something. <laughs> Get away from me, Satan. He rebukes Him. For you do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Reminds me of the reality that we so, can so easily put our human expectations and concerns on God, but often He has another way, His way. And in this story, His way allowed for humanity to be restored. Looked crazy, sounded crazy, is crazy, but it's true. And then Jesus, He's challenged to follow he sets out a challenge and he goes, so, so he just says something totally crazy, like he's going to die on the three, like mind blown. Okay, Jesus, all right, you're starting to sound a bit crazy, all right? And then he goes, good news, guys. If anyone wants to come after me, you've just, it doesn't cost anything. 
It just costs everything. What you have to do is you have to deny yourself, totally deny yourself, pick up your cross. Cross, what, what's he talking about cross? And follow me. For those who are, want to save their lives will lose it. So he's basically just telling them that they've got to die. In that world, like, what? So he just said two crazy things. All right, here we are. Recap. He's talked about his identity. Who do people say I am? The world. He talks about identity. Who do you say I am? He talked about our cost, that if we want to follow him, he talked about his cost of his prediction of his death. And now we get, so this is the context of the transfiguration moment. And Jeremy, I might invite you to join me if I can. We're going to go through the transfiguration story. All right, after six days, after six days, it's linked, right? What he was saying six days up before and this, this story, it's all linked. Identity, purpose, calling, cost, transfiguration. Peter, Peter, James and John, he's three. They're walking up this mountain. They don't know what they're going to. They're hiking up the mountain. Boom, boom. Get to the top. They're all alone. No one around. And all of a sudden, Jesus, His, his robe, what He was wearing, it just goes bright, brilliant, glistening. And His face, it says in Matthew, shines like the sun. Can you imagine being Peter? James said, Jesus, what's going on? It says like, I'm so scared. And then a cloud comes around them. Whoa. Talk about an encounter. The cloud speaks. It confirms what's happening. What you see here, not to mention Elijah and Moses, which is, you see, side note, in the Gospel of Mark, it's got so many allusions to um, the Israel story because Mark's, what the writer of Mark is, trying to do is trying to tell the Israelites, hey, this is, this is Yahweh. This is God. This is Emmanuel. This is God amongst us. The same God that brought you out of bondage. It's here. His face is shining right now. His robe is glistening right now. The cloud comes around Him. Imagine being Jesus. The cloud comes around you and you hear a voice and it says, this is my son. Jesus would be like, yeah. I love him, the cloud says. Oh, in him I'm well pleased. He also says, listen to him. Uh, I don't know if you've ever had an encounter like that before. I was in a library and 
I was studying this, this passage. I was studying the Scripture. I was doing an assignment on it and God hit me. I was, I just, okay, so what I was trying to think of, I was like, so, so, so the light and the face and the stuff, was that like a, a removal of Jesus' like human nature and you could see like on the inside that He was God or was it His human nature was there, but then like God was coming over the top. I was trying to like articulate what was happening and, and God's, God's presence just hit me so hard and I just started weeping and weeping. And, and I had this revelation that this is God. This is God. This is, this is God. This only happened like three years ago. I've been a Christian for 17 years at that point. This is God. Like I knew, I knew it's God. But, but I, did, I, did I know it's God? Did I know it for myself? Did I know it? Did I know it for like deep down enough to, give my whole life to this. I, I just pray that everyone listening, everyone watching, everyone here would know from the deepest part of you that this is God, that He loves you, that He cares for you. God, would You reveal Yourself to everyone who can hear my voice? Who do people say that I am? Oh, then it keeps going. So suddenly, so the cloud, so suddenly it was gone. They no longer saw anyone. So cloud's gone, Moses gone, Elijah's gone, and it's just Jesus. They start walking down the mountain. As they were coming down the mountain, Jesus gave them orders not to tell anyone what they had seen. Can you imagine keeping that secret? <laughs> and they kept the matter. So they kept their matter until they seen until the Son of Man has risen from the dead. What does rising from the dead mean? Because at that point, that hadn't happened, so they were confused again. But can you? Can I? Can I tie all these things together? Jesus, who do people say that I am? But what about you? Who do you say I am? Oh, in, in time, we're on our way. We've left Galilee. We're on our way to Jerusalem. We're, I'm gonna have to give my life over for you so that you can have right relationship with God. I'm gonna have to do it. I have to do it. I've got to do it. We're on our way. I'm going. And Jesus is like, okay, all right, I'm gonna, we're doing this. If you wanna come after me, I want you to be my disciple, but it's just gonna cost everything. Can I say on that point that at 17, when I did get baptised and I laid my worldly life away and I decided to live for God, that that is, I'm, that is, I'm so thankful that, for that decision that I made then. I'm so thankful for, for, for I, I can testify that my life has been so full. Like when Jesus said, I have died that I may have life and life to the full or have, have it more abundantly. I, I've, I've contestified to so many years of that. Seven, eight, like whatever. I don't, I don't even know how old I am. 
34, still young. (laughs) Who do you say I am? Uh, So I don't know what your prayer is with God. God, if, if you're real, would you, would you show me, would, can I have an encounter with you like, like so many I've heard of have? Can I know from the deepest part of me that, that you're there, that you're real, that you love me? See, I, I looked at this and, the, and Jesus was like teaching, 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 encounter confirmation, right? But what do we do in the Pentecostal world? We go, encounter first. Whoa, I just had an encounter with God. This is real. This is so real to me. And then we're like, oh, there's a cost to this. Oh. And God gave me kind of like a picture of like a, everyone's stuck in, what are you, holding patterns. You ever been in a plane? You mean stuck in a holding pattern? I love getting I love getting stuck in a holding pattern above Sydney because I get to like check the surf and I'm like, oh yeah, Gary, yeah. But we're looking down, we're like, God, I've met you and I confess you're you're the Messiah, your Lord, but I can see that if I if I need to land, that it's gonna cost me everything. One more lap, one more lap, one more lap. Holding pattern. Come back around. Oh. What did he say? Everything? Cost, cost all of me? Oh, one more lap. <laughs> and we do laps and laps and laps. And then, and then we get to a point that the tension's so big inside us. We're like, okay, I'm tired of this. I need to decide. I need to make a decision because this is killing me. I'm running out of fuel. (laughs) So in a moment, I'm gonna give you an opportunity to land the plane. I wanna give you an opportunity to give yourself fully to following Jesus as His disciple. I wanna give yourself fully to confessing Jesus as Messiah and as Lord. So if you do want to pray that prayer, let's go there. Father God, I thank You for today. I thank You for Your love. I thank You for Jesus. I thank You for that He came and died and rose again. And Lord, right now, in this fresh moment, we give our life to You. We ask that You would come in change us. Lord, we follow You. We choose to follow You, which means denying ourselves, picking up a cross and following You. God, challenge us today. That area in our life where that's that's, that's not of You. Lord, may we die to it. May we put it down. In Jesus' mighty Name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. For more info about Horizon Church, 
please visit our website at hz.church. Have a fantastic day and we hope to see you again soon.